Hello and welcome to Running the Table, an ongoing podcast about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. If you would like to ask a question to our host or our guests, please email them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send them to Running the Table on Twitter or Facebook. As always, I am your host, Keith, and today we will be going over something incredibly integral to running just about any tabletop RPG, storytelling. Tabletop RPGs are often about telling a story, but exactly how and why will differ across games, groups, and time. When we play these kinds of games together, we're engaging in some form of collaborative storytelling with everyone at the table. I'd even say that this is precisely why we play tabletop role-playing games instead of playing video games, reading a book, or watching a movie or show. That story that we can craft with twists and turns and can immediately share with people we know will enjoy it is really something that you can't quite get anywhere else. So, even though we play these games to tell stories together, not every game can be used to tell a tale in the same fashion. Not every party responds well to each epic that you can share. One of the most important aspects of storytelling and writing comes in finding your own voice, not some general advice about being unique or creative, but how it's really meant finding the way to tell a story and use the influences and mannerisms that speak to your tale, yourself, and reflect how you yourself perceive it and want it to be perceived and shared. In tabletop RPGs, you also want this to reflect and play with the storytelling manners and voice of your players. Because an interactive storytelling medium needs some of that interaction. As a GM or a DM, we are always co-authors of our own stories, no matter what. But part of finding your own voice in this world can be about achieving and maintaining that balance of interaction and about driving plot at the same time. Your investments versus your players' investments in storytelling and world building matter. Now, there are endless options for storytelling to go down, but in my experience, I've played through and run games in pretty much four major categories, or at least I can call out four major categories pretty easily that work well for tabletop RPGs. I'm going to call these GM-driven, player-driven, balanced, and game or world-driven. Now, these aren't any any official designations or really anything meaningful. I really just made them up for this episode. But they're useful, and we need to talk about them. Player-driven is where we'll start. Player-driven is about letting the players use their agency in a way to dictate the course of events. Often this includes giving them small hooks in the world to get them invested in big things. A theft can turn into an unending quest to retrieve what was stolen from them, leading to the big bad being some mafia boss or even a petty thief. 
It can also mean using the character backstories and histories to drive the quests and stories along. Player-driven storytelling is about granting that open world and feeling of adventurous spirit to your players. It is often one of the most difficult to do well, but none of them are easy. This one is particularly difficult, at least in my experience, because you have to act more as a facilitator of the other authors. You're there to set the world and make the game react. You act as the narrator or the NPCs, but really you're there to be a foil to the other authors of the story. You're there to provide consequences for the actions of the individual, of the main characters, if you will. In this manner of storytelling, the individuals often have their own goals and desires, and they focus on these to drive the main plot points along. This changes a great deal of the planning sessions that a GM typically does, of course, but that may be why it can be so difficult to manage. In fact, if you work in this kind of a storytelling medium, you'll find that your planning sessions begin to change from setting up NPC knowledge and quest hooks, away from filling out information about who exactly saw what on the night in question, or where exactly those goblins are raiding from, and what they've done so far. But even this doesn't necessarily go away. Instead, sessions may be spent building out the bare minimums of those, and then also the areas that you expect and anticipate the players to move towards, where you think their goals lie, and where you think that their personal whims will drive them. Once they've committed to a course of action, you can usually return to something that you're more familiar with or even module-based play. But this change to some sort of anticipatory planning session can be a source of frustration for a DM when first trying it out. I definitely do still recommend that you try this out if you think it might be for you, because this might come naturally to you. And I mean, in fact, if you find that this storytelling is for you and your players, I also strongly recommend that you listen to episode 14 of this podcast. Uh, learn a bit more about building your backups. That way you can sit down and have a large store of potential NPCs, shops, quest hooks, or encounters to throw at your players wherever they go. And so having that large cache can be incredibly important and give you something to pull from when your players inevitably run amok into unknown territory. By contrast, GM-driven is a very common approach, no less difficult, but in a different way. Here, the GM takes on the role of primary narrator, guiding voice, plotlines crafter, and director. The GM drives the story more forcefully. This may include additional incorporation of player decisions in agency or going rogue off the story, so to speak, but still tends to follow a more central plot and theme crafted and guided by the GM. Sometimes it can fall under a more railroaded branch of the game where plot lines often reconnect and players are driven directly towards certain situations. They need to encounter these major points and story elements for the plot to make sense. However, as has been discussed on this show before, with both me and my guests, 
Railroading in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. It's more in how you do it. And I definitely recommend checking out a few other episodes to listen to how we talk through some railroading aspects. GM-driven storytelling allows you to weave a wonderful tale and take your players on a guided tour, so to speak. They're given goals and do not have to manifest their own. Something is taken from them, the world is in danger, there's a prophecy that must be fulfilled, or some other fantastical aspect of the world drives them onwards as they fight, talk, and puzzle their way through every obstacle. Your goal is to continue that plot and set more obstacles in their path. This is what a lot of people consider classic, quote-unquote, GMing, and involves just as much or possibly even more work than player-driven, just in different ways. The work that comes from a GM-driven game often plays out in planning sessions. There's usually a lot more to plan, and a lot more work to do behind the scenes, in order to make the story flow and feel connected, while also engaging and hitting those plot and emotional touchstones that keep us tied into the tale. Everything needs to make sense, have a purpose, and somehow tie back into the world and the plot that we're working with. Now, unfortunately, we're about out of time, so I won't be talking about balanced or world-driven just yet. I mentioned the difficulties in both player-driven and GM-driven storytelling, but I just want to leave you with something more. GMing is hard work no matter what, and as players, we all, appreci we all appreciate everything that GMs do, but it doesn't matter what kind of storytelling methods you find yourself drawn to or repulsed by, it will take some work in some way, shape, or form. The payoffs, however, are truly great, and more than anything, it is about finding what style of storytelling works well for you and gets you and your players the greatest return for your investments. And I mean that in both planning sessions and in playing the game itself. If you find yourself struggling with the details of a dungeon and plot, it may be better for you to let your players drive a little bit more, even if just for a bit. Especially if it seems as though they want that chance to contribute more to the plot lines and to the story. It can help ease you into a type of storytelling that is a more natural form for yourself and for them, and it can make them more comfortable at the same time. And of course, it should go without saying that this works in reverse, too. If you're trying out a new style of storytelling, or you're trying to make it more player-driven and improve that level of agency that they would all see, it could still be difficult. And if you find that too difficult, but the detailed plot points and intrigue quests and all sorts of detailed planning and storytelling that goes in-depth to be easy for you, but you find improvisation or letting go of some aspect of your world to be difficult, you may want to adjust your storytelling and work with your players to account for that. There are countless ways to tell these stories together, and all four of these categories barely touch the surface. These two, in fact, are the most barest of bare. The important aspects to remember are to work with what you and your players enjoy and craft your tale in whatever way 
lets you have fun with the game. Thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table on Telling Your Story. Please join me next episode where I will be joined by Zub from Broken Lords Podcast. As always, if you find yourself with questions that you want answered about anything tabletop role-playing game related, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach me at Running the Table on both Twitter and Facebook. Facebook.